Welcome to this week's Energy Show. We celebrated a milestone in the solar industry last month. There's over 1 million homeowners in the U.S. that now have rooftop solar. It took us 62 years from 1954 to 2016 to get to this 1 million solar homeowner point. <laughs> and at the rate the industry is growing, we expect to hit 2 million solar homeowners by the end of 2018. Not only are there a lot of solar homeowners, there's a lot of people who are working in the solar industry. Over 200,000 at last count. Many of them are doing residential installations like Cinnamon Solar. And many people are doing commercial and utility installations. Those are really big projects, a lot of people. And then there's just the tens of thousands of people who are in manufacturing, marketing, sales, engineering, consulting, really you know, supporting the installation of the, the solar panels that you see all over the country. In fact, there are more people in the solar industry in the U.S. than in the oil and gas extraction industries. So let's think about that a little bit. There's more people developing, selling, and installing solar energy power plants that run almost maintenance-free for 25 years than people who drill for oil and gas. These are fossil fuels that pollute the air. These are products and, and fuels that leave a mess for future generations to clean up, whether it's a mess underground, surface of the ground, or just polluted air. Now, these, these are very hardworking people, and yeah, hopefully they're going to find, uh, I'm sure they're going to find new jobs, and, and I know a lot of them are finding jobs in, in the clean energy industries. But it's just amazing that the solar industry has become one of the biggest job drivers in the country. So how did we get here? What really accelerated this growth of solar? Well, the first thing is there's just been hundreds of hardworking, committed, some, some would say crazy people working for many years to pass solar-friendly laws and to fight hostile fossil fuel companies and their utilities. And I'm happy to say that I'm one of the solar nuts. I've been doing this since the 70s. But also, hats off to SIA, Solar Energy Industries Association. The state solar chapters like CalSIA, Vote Solar, and other organizations that have been really doing a lot of the advocacy and the lobbying work. And a big thank you to all the solar companies that have been around for many years that have been supporting these solar-friendly policies and paying for the lobbyists and, and coming out with the products that are cost-effective. Now, it's, it's good to see the progress we've made, but sad to say that these fights are continuing, and, and in some cases, as solar gets stronger and stronger in a bigger part of our industry, that these incumbent industries are really feeling their backs up against the wall and fighting back. So there's that whole advocacy side of things where you've got lobbyists and, and good policies. But the second, and I think this is the bigger thing, the second factor is the economics for solar are better than any other energy source. That's right. It's cheaper to generate your own electricity on your roof than to get electricity from your utility. Now, that's from a homeowner's and a business owner's standpoint. But guess what? The utilities have figured that out too. The utilities are putting in more solar plants than natural gas plants. They're taking out their coal, they're decommissioning their nuclear, and they're putting in solar because it's the cheapest way for them to generate power. It's cheaper than coal, cheaper than nuclear. It's even cheaper than natural gas on an operating basis. Now, the unfortunate thing is, even though your utilities are able to generate this electricity for less money than their other fuels, they don't sell it to you less expensively. They're making a bigger profit on it. In fact, some utilities offer what are called clean energy rate plans, and they sell the, the clean energy at a premium. You know, get clean solar energy, and you know, we're going to give you a special deal. It's only two cents a kilowatt hour more. I think that's very short-sighted, but they're trying to meet their quarterly profit targets. That's what they're doing. So the real lever here is economics. And you kind of look back, all the lobbying in the world all the great government policies in the world won't help 
a technology that's not cost effective, that's not ready for prime time, that's got you know some fundamental flaws. Now, the technologists, scientists, engineers always think they can overcome some of these problems, but sometimes they just can't. Or sometimes they keep trying and they just can't overcome problems. They can't make a technology cost effective. Or in the case of solar, other technologies just get cheaper. Yeah, look at clean coal. We've been working on clean coal for 50 years. There's the whole coal gasification programs that we had and sequestration of carbon dioxide and things like that. Now, clean coal right now is pretty much of a dead end. The funding is is not increasing anymore. The pilot plants just are not working in spite of the billions of dollars we've spent to try to make coal power plants clean. And, you know, if we could have made coal power plants clean and cheap, coal would still be a dominant force and we wouldn't have all these uh, regulations against dirty power. As I've said it before, it bears repeating. You can have clean coal, you can have cheap coal, but it's thermodynamically impossible to have clean and cheap coal. Every single one of the scaled-up power plants that have tried to do that have come to that conclusion. By the time you invest in all the equipment that it takes to clean the emissions from a coal plant, the power that's coming out of that plant is too expensive, not cost-effective anymore. Natural gas is cheaper. Solar is way cheaper. Look at nuclear. Same situation. Utilities are ditching nuclear plants because nuclear plants are turning out to be, A, expensive to operate, and B, very expensive to decommission, and C, ridiculously expensive and time-consuming to build. And we've talked about that a lot on, on uh, some of our previous energy shows. I was just, just looking at the news this, this month, and Exelon, which is one of the biggest utilities in the country, just announced that they're shutting down two of their nuclear power plants in the Midwest. These are big power plants. They've been cranking out power for years. They're still running. You know, good, clean power, baseload power. It runs at night. But they wanted to charge the ratepayers the $800 million extra that it's costing them to run those plants. In other words, it's costing them too much money to run the plants. They're running at a loss. So they want to shut those plants down to stop. Now, put in natural gas, I'm sure. So it's just kind of interesting how these technology waves change. And, and solar's just been on this, you know, really slow, steady progression. And, and, you know, now we're here where a million homeowners have solar and lots of businesses have solar and, you know, every utility's looking at it. Now, so, so I kind of digress a little bit about, about some of these other technologies. What happens from a homeowner standpoint and a business owner standpoint is that the cost of the solar panel, those, you know, three by five chunks of glass with aluminum frames, they've come down so much that the price is cost effective. The solar panels in the 70s were $5,000 each. By 2001, that price had come down to about $1,200. Right now, you can buy an efficient, quality, long-lasting solar panel, you know, in, in quantity, for less than $200. Now, it still has to be racked, installed, designed, etc. But still, way cheaper. The cost of a system on your roof used to be I mean, this is ridiculous, but this is what it was, you know, 30 years ago, $200,000. Now it's less than $15,000 and even less if you apply the tax credits. From an installation standpoint, it used to take several weeks to install a system because everything had to be customized. It was really tricky. It would take forever to get the building permit because the, the permitting authorities had never seen these before. Now our train crews can get a job done in about a day. Now, of course, the permits and the interconnections and the inspections might take another few days. So you're looking at maybe a month or two months for a total installation from an efficient company, you know, much faster and huge improvements. And that's why solar's got a million customers right now, a million homeowners. So back to the original question, will I save money with rooftop solar? We need to know four things about your system. 
in order for you to decide, you know, is this making economic sense for you? First, how much does the system cost? Second, how much will you save on your electric bill? Third, how much is the financing going to cost? And fourth, and this is kind of something that we, you know, we want to make sure our customers are comfortable with, are there any surprises with the system or any gotchas? Is there any tricky things going on with financing? So let's step through each of those items. As far as how much the system will cost, what we do in the solar industry is we price everything on a per watt basis. So the average system, and this is per watt of solar panels, so the average system in the U.S. costs about $3.5 a watt, and that works out to $2.5 a watt after the 30% investment tax credit. That 30% tax credit is the big incentive. Some states have rebate programs too, but California no longer has those rebates. And I found that states that have low electric rates or really want to incentivize the solar industry, they'll typically put incentives in place for a few years to really jumpstart things. So typical size for a residential system is about 5,000 watts. So that's $12,500 after the investment tax credit, 5,000 watts times $2.5 a watt. So the system is going to cost about $12,500 out of pocket after the ITC. Now, the costs vary a lot. Bigger systems are cheaper per watt because there's economies of scale. I mean, the, whether you're putting in a 3-kilowatt system or, or a 10-kilowatt system, we still need a building permit to, to work to design the system, the engineering, the sales costs, deploying the crews, ordering the equipment. It's all the same. Now, but the variable costs go down because we're, once we're there, we can just kind of crank the system out. As a result, most installers don't install very small systems under 3,000 watts since these fixed costs are so high. And that, that's basically what we found in Cinnamon Solar. I mean, if somebody says, I want a 2,000-watt system, it's like, boy, that's going to cost you like $7 a watt. You sure you want to do that? We'll ask the question. And I have had people say, yeah, I still want to pay that much. I don't need a big system. But generally, the economics stop penciling out for very small systems. There's also a big variation in costs around the country. Some countries with lower cost of living have cheaper systems. Texas is cheaper than California and cheaper than, than New York. You want to put a system, you walk up in New York City, it's going to be really expensive because operating costs there are high. And also, you can, there's big variations in equipment costs. You can cut corners if you get cheaper equipment, if you don't install monitoring, if you don't have optimizers or, or microinverters and just use a string inverter. You can get a lot of overseas really, really cheap electronics. So there's ways to reduce the costs, and, and pretty much you get what you pay for. And you have to watch out for what I call too good to be true lowball quotes. Good installers should also be able to give you a satellite photo layout of your house. So they'll come out, there's, there's some software, and they'll see how many panels fit, and they'll give you a pretty accurate estimate for your system. So that's how much it's going to cost. So how much will you save? Well, the typical well-installed system in California is going to generate about 1.5 kilowatt hours of power per year, of energy per year, per watt of panels. So that 5 kilowatt system is going to crank out about 7,500 kilowatt hours a year. The average home uses about 12,000 kilowatt hours a year, 1,000 a month. So it's going to provide about half of the consumption. Sunny areas, you're going to get more performance like Arizona and New Mexico. Cloudy areas like in the Northeast, less sun, less output. And good installers should have software that's going to help determine the output based on your location, the orientation, and shading. They'll accurately model your electric bill. And they'll spit out a good financial analysis. And that's the kind of thing that we do at Cinnamon Solar. We've been doing it for 15 years. We've, we've written software that allows us really to help people look at their options pretty efficiently. 
So that's the easy way to do it. You get an installer that knows what they're doing. They're going to give you accurate information, and it's consistent because they've got systems and software to do it. So the next question is, how much is the financing going to cost? Well, that's really tricky. There's two types of solar financing. There's customer-owned financing. Well, you may pay cash. That's your financing. Or you can get a bank loan or a PACE loan. PACE is Property Assessed Clean Energy. So these loans are you know, typical residential loans. You can also get a home equity loan. These are cases where you own the system. The other kind of financing is called third-party-owned financing. It's like a lease. It's like when you lease a car. You don't own that car. Another company owns the car. And we have the same thing in the solar industry. And it's helped a lot to jumpstart the industry. Basically, another company, sometimes it's a really big installer. Sometimes it's just flipped into a third party like a collateralized mortgage. They own the system. So different ways of doing it, different economics. So you have to remember to deduct the cost of the financing from your savings. So for example, on a typical lease system, your electric bill may be, let's say, $200 a month. With solar, now your bill is down to $30 a month. That's great. You're saving $170 a month on your electric bill. But your monthly lease payment is $140 for 25 years. So your net savings after the lease payments are $30 a month. So you can kind of compare that to a bank loan. Bank loans are usually more favorable. You know, in that same situation, your monthly bank principal and interest payment is $120, and this is for a 10-year loan. So your net savings after the loan payments are $50 a month, but that's for 10 years. After 10 years, you own the system free and clear. So the lesson is that you always have to factor in the financing costs and run the numbers yourself. I wouldn't entirely trust the numbers from most installers. There's origination fees. There's escalation fees. There's all kinds of tricky things in there. And that's where these surprises or gotchas get in there. There are escalation rates on payments. There's escalation rates on energy costs. So they assume that the energy costs are going to keep going up. And if you assume that your energy costs are going to keep going up, it's going to make the solar paybacks look better. What we found at Cinnamon Solar, just to make it easy for everybody, we just assume that there's zero electric escalation rates. Probably the fair number here in California is 2 or 3%, but it's really hard to figure. But watch out for payment escalation rates. Some companies escalate your monthly payments on your lease or your PPA 2 or 3% every year. And that means that you're never going to really save more than you did at the beginning. Sometimes you save less. Another thing to watch out for is third-party owned systems. You know, if it's owned by a third-party entity like a lease or a PPA, sometimes it's harder to sell your house because you have to convince the new owner of the house to take over your lease contract or your PPA contract. And you may have to buy out that system and that could be expensive. So you want to watch out for some of those things. And then the last thing is that there's a lot of assumptions that go into the estimates of the cost of the system, estimates of the savings, estimates of the financing costs, lots and lots of assumptions that go into these computer models. And what some installers will do, or maybe the installers are honest, but the salespeople are really trying to make their monthly commission, they may exaggerate things like the system output. They may underestimate the shading. They may assume that there's not a lot of loss because of a north-facing array compared to a south-facing array. They may lowball the costs, so they may say, well, you know, we don't have to charge for uh, electric service upgrade. But when they get into the installation, they say, oh, sorry, extra $3,500 because your electric service isn't big enough. Or there's games that they can play in terms of tax credits. They may say, hey, we're going to put a new deck in for your house or replace your hot water heater and we're going to throw that in. Those things aren't really kosher and you know, sometimes you get in trouble. But the biggest issue is you can be in a situation where you think you're going to get a better deal from some companies because they may not really be entirely honest. So the way to deal with that 
is find an installer that you trust. And the best way to do that is look for somebody that's been in business for a long time and look for somebody that's got lots of good local reviews because the only way they're going to get lots of those local reviews is if they, they're really honest and giving homeowners a good deal. And I'd suggest looking for somebody that's been doing this for a while just by the nature of sometimes when somebody puts in solar, they might really not know what their savings are in the first 12 months. They, they won't get that true up statement from the utility for 12 months. So you want to look at those longer term reviews. So kind of in conclusion for the show, are you going to save money with rooftop solar? Well, the answer is pretty clear. The answer is yes, if you follow these guidelines and if, if you fit into this kind of formula. If you have a sunny roof and you have a high electric bill and you're in a place that has high electric rates, like California, New Jersey, New York, then you will pretty much definitely save with solar. You're not going to save with solar if you don't have a sunny roof. And it's going to be hard to save with solar if you're in a place that has really, really cheap electricity because you're not paying very much for electricity to begin with. So it's going to be hard to save. So I'd also say other things you can do is give preference to buying or owning the system. A bank loan is okay. Pace loans, property assessed clean energy are great. Instead of a lease or a PPA, there's been a big trend in the industry over the past few years where people have been moving away from third-party owned leased and finance systems to standard bank loans. Banks are getting into solar. It's a great business. You know, the customers are going to get the benefit as long as the sun keeps coming up. And heck, if the sun doesn't come up, we've got much bigger problems. Uh, another two things to do, get multiple quotes from multiple local installers and find local installers who have been in business for many years with plenty of good references. So those are the things that, that you need to do. It's not complicated. Technology is complicated. The jargon's complicated. But putting these systems in is pretty straightforward. Well, that's all the time we have on this week's Energy Show. Thanks to all of our listeners for tuning in. And if you missed any of today's show, you can always go to our website at cinnamonsolar.com and listen to the podcasts. 